Code is more what you call guidelines than actual rules. Welcome aboard the Black Pearl. Welcome to the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute, a daily podcast where we analyze, scrutinize, and plunder the Pirates of the Caribbean films one blimey minute at a time. I'm Scott Artis from Journal.com. And I'm Heather Artis from BlackPearlMinute.com. Thanks for joining us for Minute 36 of The Curse of the Black Pearl. Ahoy there, everyone! Just a reminder that our Pirates of the Caribbean Minute listener contest is underway. And we have a great prize package to say thanks. The winner will receive a four-pack Blu-ray movie collection with Pirates of the Caribbean films 1 through 4, a replica, almost a scale Aztec medallion, Pirates of the Caribbean Minute t-shirt, and a set of Pirates of the Caribbean pop vinyls. We also have a second-place prize that includes a t-shirt and medallion, and a third-place prize for a Pirates of the Caribbean Minute t-shirt. The deadline for entry is on March 12th, that's a Sunday, and we'll be randomly choosing a winner probably around March 15th or 16th, and then we'll make an announcement, actually. iTunes, when you submit your review, just go ahead and shoot us a note and tell us your username that you submitted a review. That way we can have a heads up and have an email in case you win. Also note that iTunes and Apple will actually moderate comments, so you won't see your review pop up right away. That's why we're actually delaying from the deadline of the contest to when we actually choose a winner because we want to make sure that those reviews do come in. So we're looking forward to it. Go to our Facebook page, give us a share. We'd appreciate it. And all of this actually helps just with the show to make sure that we can continue to create great content, maybe have some additional drawings in the future or contests in the future, but also just to make sure that we get more listeners, more people can find us, more people can listen. So it's all that good stuff. That's great stuff. Yeah, you can't steal it. This is actually for the listeners. I'll make sure that Heather doesn't open any of it, actually. So it will be new in box when you get it. <laughs> the t-shirt, I can't guarantee. She'll probably be wearing that, but it's all right. I've seen the pops, and they're really cute. Yeah, they are pretty cute. Yeah, I, I did get I'm, in trouble because I'm, we didn't have some for ourselves. We're going to have to get some. They're they're really cute. Get on out there before Heather steals <laughs> uh, the pop vinyls. All right, let's get going. In the previous minute, Pintel and Raggetti find Elizabeth hiding amongst the china in the dining room's closet. Upon her discovery, Elizabeth invokes the right of parlay. I invoke the right of parlay. There, you see how I did that? Yes. According to the code set down by the pirates, Morgan and Bartholomew says you have to take me to your captain. Pintel responds to Elizabeth that we must honor the code. Kind of a lackluster, though, is what he said. He was not real happy about it. No, he wasn't. Anyways, we cut from the Swan Mansion to the under siege town of Port Royal. Pirates plundering, breaking windows, stealing, and Will Turner fighting a pirate named Grapple. Minute 36 begins with Will Turner continuing to fight with Grapple, who proceeds to grab Will by the neck with a grappling hook and pulls him close. Say goodbye as he holds an axe to Will's head with his other hand. Suddenly a cannonball explodes above them and breaks one of the supporting chains which sends a sign swinging down, knocking the pirate through the window. The minute ends with prisoners escaping from the jail in Fort Charles, the moon peeking from behind the clouds, and a close-up shot of a bone in front of one of the jail cells. Will almost ate it twice in this minute. Did you notice that? He almost lost his life. Is that better? There you go. Twice in this minute. Wow. Yeah. It's got to be a record. The grapple guy... You know, he almost got hit in the head with the sign. And then the bomb that was at his feet from the guy he already killed, by the way. Oh, yeah. So I'm going to 
actually, I'll talk about that stuff too. So That's yeah. So a bomb at his feet and almost get hit in the head with a sign. Or killed by grapple, one killed, or the other. He was almost killed by advertising. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> grapple was. <laughs> that he was, or so, so we think. So I notice you have a name for grapple. Do you have any information on him? I do. Let me just continue setting up the scene. We have, right off the bat, we have Will fighting for his life right out of the gate for this minute, as you said. Yeah. And I don't think that there's much going on with this particular fight to move the plot along, though. I mean, except that it adds to Will's frustration, as we talked about yesterday. Yes. That he's not getting to Elizabeth to keep her safe. And it really keeps him in town and from spoiling the whole Elizabeth gets captured thing. So maybe it does have a, a thing to the plot anyways. But he is still in town. He's still fighting with Grapple. And yeah, this giant pirate does have a name. And I'm surmising that it was named after his weapon of choice, which is the grappling hook. Not too far off there, I'm thinking, that (laughs) he's using a grappling hook. His name is Grapple. Just a spoiler, we may have somebody whose weapon of choice is a mallet, and you might be able to guess what his name (laughs) is. That's coming up later on. I mean, so he uses this grappling hook, which almost looks like it has some broken edges to it. So it's definitely been well used, and he grabs Will by the neck. Which is not ever a good sign to be grabbed by the neck and no. uh, the grappling hook. Is that like being grabbed by the neck with a cane? <laughs> no, I think this is worse. Oh. <laughs> it's a different thing. One, your life is in danger, and the other one is your career is over. <laughs> you wanted to be in show business? Oh, there you go. You're gone. <laughs> I mean, surprisingly, there's not much of a backstory, though, for our friend Grapple or information on him. You know, the idea is he's just a pirate. <laughs> he's a pirate on the Black Pearl. <laughs> but he was portrayed by Trevor Goddard, and he actually died while the film was in post-production in 2003. Oh, really? Yeah, he didn't see it go to theater, the wow. finished product. Well, that's sad. Yeah, he was an English actor, and he was best known for playing Kano in the first Mortal Kombat film and Lieutenant Commander Mike and Lieutenant Commander Mick Brumby on JAG. Uh, we never watched JAG, no. so I don't know. I really have a clue. But in his last screen appearance, which was Pirates of the Caribbean... He played our pirate friend Grapple, who gets killed by advertising in a yeah. window. And another instance of bad form, to quote Captain Hook, we completely dropped the ball and forgot to introduce a couple of other pirates we saw during the initial raid. We'll get back to those as they reappear, so we won't just rehash it. We'll get, we are going to introduce them later on. Because they come back. Yeah. Well, we see him again. So yeah. that will be, we'll, we'll go ahead and address that later. This was really the first one that has already made a comeback. And that's Jacoby. I think Is that that's Blackbeard a, Pirate? Yeah. Oh, okay. Can we? I can't even believe we forgot to, to talk about him or even yeah. give his name. The crazy Blackbeard Pirate guy. I think it's Jacoby or J- uh, Jacoby's not a name, right? <laughs> <laughs> I would go with Jacoby. You know, I remember an old commercial and I don't know if it was only in the Sacramento area when I was a kid, but it was like Jacoby and Myers. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was a law firm, right? Yeah, so we were in, grew up in kind of the greater Sacramento area in California, and there was always a commercial Jacoby and Myers. So yeah. that's why I go Jacoby when I see this. That's funny because it's so. It's funny because it's been so long since we've seen it, and it's just kind of. It's just funny that because it seemed like it was just there always. Yeah, that's how that advertising huh. sticks, man. Jacoby, advertising is killing me. Yeah. But anyways, Jacoby. At least that's how we're going with his name. Uh, is the pirate who inspired Blackbeard, and we talked quite a bit about him last week, but we failed to give you his name. That is just truly Captain Hook bad form right there, for yeah. sure. You're right. Yes, we see him alive, and we'll get to that in a second, yeah. but he makes a reappearance. A shocking reappearance that 
Yeah. That soils the underpants <laughs> of Will Turner. <laughs> I think it just fries his brain, actually. He's like, God, maybe I need to go back and practice throwing swords and axes because I obviously didn't hit that guy right. I stuck the sword in the wall, but I can't stick it in a guy. Yeah. So, I mean, he's he's rethinking all that. So, Jacoby is also, surprised a Black Pearl crew member. And we have seen his weapons of choice already, which is... The bomb. The Jacoby. No, I'm just kidding. It's actually hand grenades. <laughs> hand grenades. I call them the bombs. I don't. Maybe because they just resemble well, more bombs to me than grenades. Yeah, they're the. Tra- they look like the traditional cartoon bomb. That's a yeah. a round kind of bowling ball with a fuse. Yeah. And that's essentially what they were. There was a kind of uh, metal canister that had a fuse on it with gunpowder inside or yeah. powder inside that would explode when you lit it. Interesting note. In the first draft of the screenplay for The Curse of the Black Pearl, Jacoby's role was slightly larger. So Jacoby replaced Pintel as the one who was shot by Hector Barbosa and replaced Boson as the one who said, you brought us the wrong person. So he had a larger role at first in the first draft and then it kind of went away as they started to add some of these other characters to the draft or to the screenplay. That's kind of sad for Jacoby. He never really saw it though. It was not like it was in the wasn't in the script. It was just the original. Yeah, the draft. And so I don't think that he really saw that. I think that what the product that he saw that it had all these other characters in it. So he it was oh. not like he was signed on and then all of a sudden he's seen his role reduced. Okay. So definitely so not. So it wasn't the char- it wasn't the guy, it was a character. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, so from the draft of the screenplay. And Jacoby, our pirate here, our Blackbeard inspiration was played by Vince Lozano, and his film credits include Ed T V, Father of the Bride Two, an episode of American Horror Story Hotel, and he made his motion picture debut in Encino Man. So nothing really there that's pirate related. I just thought I'd throw it in there Stuff because we've he was seen though. Yeah, and Cino Man, and there was like an uncredited, really an uncredited role, or he wasn't named in that, so he's kind of more of an extra mm. or something. But I think the big score with Jacoby listening to Gore Verbinski talk, and he's the director by the way about Jacoby, and he and Johnny Depp were laughing about it because they were saying that this poor guy just had a rough time with this outfit. Not that necessarily he was complaining; he was actually really good about it. But the fact. Or maybe I'll just give you the the actual quote. That poor bastard had to have his beard lit for every take and use incense. (laughs) The poor bastard is how they actually characterize it. (laughs) So I guess the cast, from what I understand, is they started jiving him about it and asking, you know, what center are you sporting today? (laughs) You know, all these different things. They were just really making fun of him, giving him a bad time on the set about it. And Gore said that two minutes before filming would begin or they would actually do a take or a scene... They would somebody would shout out, "Light the beard!" and then they'd have to wait to get it started. <laughs> I hope the poor guy didn't have allergies. <laughs> yeah, I was hoping. Could you I, imagine with you with the incense? Uh, I was hoping they were using like some kind of you know something that wasn't actually yeah. smelly because you, you could just you know this pirate's running <laughs> around. He smells out. like lavender. <laughs> oh, that's a pretty That'd be pirate! Funny. <laughs> You're making me sleepy. <laughs> Yeah, incense and pirates, not two things that you'd think of going together. No. So, it seemed like a get-up he had on, too. You know, oh, yeah, just he with was that really... hair and the beard and just he just looked like he had a get-up on and he had a lot of lot of stuff to be carrying on well, around. And I don't know if we've already mentioned it, but Jack Davenport and he's he's the actor who plays Commodore James Norrington was commenting when he first really arrived on set and he saw all these pirate characters from Jack Sparrow to Hector Barbosa to even these guys like uh, Jacoby and Grapple and stuff. And then he's in his royal kind of regalia, if you want to call it that, with all the brocade. Uh-huh. 
And so, oh yeah, I pulled that one out. Good job. Man, thank God I have my memory still. <laughs> and he was saying, you know, it's like, what a bummer it was. It was like a letdown. He's in this and everybody else is all decked out in this pirate gear and looking really cool and have all this makeup. And then he's, you know, the, the traditional Englishman. He's like, oh man. See, even he thinks pirates are cool. There you go. <laughs> I mean, there's only one thing if we can get back to actually talking about the movie. Or we were talking about the movie, I guess. Yeah. That's all good. There's one thing that can apparently keep Will from trying to save Elizabeth, and that is having a pirate you think died come back. And so he's yeah. getting stopped and perplexed by this reappearance of Jacoby after getting an axe in the back. Yeah, he looks like super quizzical at him. Like he, He's the epitome of confusion. What happened here? Yeah, he really is. He's the epitome of confusion. I thought I killed you, dude. It's like, you know, you'd think that if it was a cartoon, his eyes would be going bouncing around, boggling. Yeah. You know, and I think that that would actually boggle anybody's mind, not just yeah. Turner's. Like I was saying yesterday, and we were talking about slow reveals and slow burns and things like that. This is another stride in our slow reveal of the supernatural. And there's a buildup that really started with the medallion and that we hit the water and there's a shockwave that went out. Yeah. And then we're now seeing Jacoby is back. Did he really die? Did it really hit him? Or is he able to... to to go, you know, can you just butterfly yeah. band-aid, put a band-aid on this and call it good? I mean, we hear Pintel say the gold calls to him. So we're seeing these little fragments of a supernatural slow reveal. So, you know, the shockwave, the weather turns. But we haven't been hit over the head with something. Now we can really say that there's something supernatural here. Yeah, because I don't think you're getting up with an axe to your back like that. I've never had that. I hope I don't. And I don't think that you will. I think you'd rather kind of lay there and, and, and hope for the best. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, that definitely shocks Will. The other thing that shocks Will is that the misfire from that hand grenade. I mean, yeah, he's like, oh. Yeah, he thought that he actually had time to think, this is it for me. Yeah. Or, or it's going to blast my goods off because <laughs> it's down there. <laughs> How can I get away quick enough? Yeah. Oh, it fizzled out. Yeah, it's not like he can just uh, jetpack himself out of there. Really is a good thing that misfires were common for the day because he gets knocked out instead of blown up or at least part of blown up. And there's nothing probably more. I mean, blown up is is worrisome as it is. Part blown up isn't good. Back in the 17th or the 18th century, it's definitely not good. No. Yeah. No. Medical was not good back then, people. Yeah, it's just amazing that, you know, people survived actually yeah. some of the stuff that they did. It's pretty crazy and how resilient the human You'd body can be, be for sure. Super strong to survive some of that stuff, man. I could do it. You couldn't. Probably. Yes. I mean, I do have a problem though with part of this scene. Of course I, you do. The Why knockout. You? I have a problem with the knockout. Okay, what's what's the problem? It didn't with the quite knockout? look right to me. It looked like he more got tapped than a blow to the noggin that would actually knock you out. I didn't buy it. Didn't it go donk? donk. You're you do foley stuff on this podcast and this show all the time, making sounds. They so can add the sound in, but just if you watch the way it happens, it's just kind of a, a quick. Yeah, tap. it wasn't a. It didn't seem like a hard tap. No. No. If people if people got knocked out just from a soft tap like that, people be passing out all the time, just <laughs> all over the place. They don't. Maybe he's a fainter. Well, he could be a fainter. Maybe he was so in shock about seeing that pirate again and that the bomb didn't blow up that he fainted. <laughs> that could be. With just a light blow to his head. <laughs> I mean, but seriously, though, I, I think that it would take a lot harder than that. I mean, that guy should have really walloped him. Well, I would imagine you, you have to get hit. I've never been knocked out by being hit in the head. 
I would imagine you have to be hit in the head pretty hard to be knocked out. Because you hit your head on places and you get, you hit it pretty good. It doesn't knock you out. Yeah, exactly. That's why I'm saying that. So I didn't quite buy that particular scene. Yeah. I think they could have done a little bit more to showcase that he got hit pretty hard. They wanted to be very careful with Orlando, you know. He's precious. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> we're, we're really doing the slow burn and reveal as we're talking about the supernatural, but the slow reveal of our theory about the meshing that Royal Turner is actually Legolas from Lord of the Rings. <laughs> One day we'll actually start to tackle that. I need to do that. I say that every time, too. It's getting old. Yeah. People are like, God, just turn that off. So I said earlier this week when Pentel and Rigetti feel the wrath of the bed warmer that we would address this coming up and Jacoby's return is lumped in with that. And I'm respecting the slow supernatural reveal and that's coming up and I can't wait to get this cat out of the bag finally, but that's all kind of being lumped in together. Yeah. And we were actually having a weird time last week and when we dropped the ball on a number of things. So I do apologize for that, that we didn't talk about some of those obvious things. But one of those that I did want to discuss is the irony about Will Turner here. Can you guess what maybe the irony is that happened actually when he threw the axe into Jacoby's back? That he no. stuck it? No. Where I was really going with that is he is our first killer in the movie. Think about it. Well, I mean, we, okay, we see explosions. Hand to hand. We see, yeah, we see explosions yeah. and bodies flying. So out of those kind of first main characters and our secondary main characters or characters, he's the one who actually makes a kill. It's not Norrington. It's not Jack Sparrow. But it's our good guy, Will Turner, who actually... So maybe Will is a bad guy after all, like you were saying. Yeah, the dark side, right? The dark side. Yeah, I think that there's something there. Eh, I think he's just trying to get rid of the pirate that was trying to kill him. But I think it's an interesting twist because... You don't often see that in movies and films where the good guy is usually the first one to make the kill always. You know, it's, it's I guess for something like this, it is especially a swash, especially a swashbuckler film, you don't usually see that. You always see something that leads up to that. And usually killing somebody is not the first option for our good guys. Usually there's something else there first. Like right. the knockout. It's almost like we had it switched. The pirate knocks Will out, but he axes in the back. Although the... Will getting knocked out was like of convenience because this guy was going by with all his yeah. his pewter that he stole. <laughs> oh, here, look. Conk. Yeah. But I just thought it was interesting that it, he really is mm -hmm. that kind of first of our character lineup here that we see in hand-to-hand. -hand. Yeah, I'm not talking about cannons and explosions right. and things hand. like that, but hand-to-hand -hand kind of stuff. Where we actually see one person kill another person. Yeah. But it doesn't actually kill him, obviously. It comes out in the end. Well, I'm that's sorry. true, but you know, at the time, he really is that <laughs> I, first person. I know you keep trying to make Will into a bad guy. I really am, and I I'm keep striving. trying to defend Bill. Will Bill? Bill. <laughs> that's on to a different story. Will William? Will Bill? Will William? Bill? I think you know that's all. That all works. You're just on a first name basis, so you've shortened Will to, to Bill. the shortened <laughs> Bill. Because B comes before W. That's how I'm saying that. Yep. So that's how you shortened it. Yeah. It's quite the mind you have there. It's an enigma. I just, I just gave him a different nickname. Yeah. You figure his real name is William. Your mind really is So an I just gave him a sure. nickname. Let's, let's different move. nickname. Let's go to Jack in the prison. Okay. Jack sees the writing on the wall and he gets the hell out of the way as the cannonball strikes the jail. You know, he's looking out. 
He hears the sound. He's like, I got to get out of the yeah. way because this thing he is coming. He ducks away and hides so he doesn't get hit with any debris or the cannon. That's right. And so then there's a gaping hole that provides a means of escape for uh, all the other pirates. Yeah. Oh, the four of them. But poor Jack gets no such luck. Yeah. And one of the undesirables actually says, my sympathies, friend. <laughs> Desirables. <laughs> That's even worse. I mean, I have actually what their names are. Oh. <laughs> and that's worse than what their names are. So you've taken it down a notch. You you don't even well, know these guys. Well, they could have been stealing bread for their families. And you're you're calling them undesirables. Because, Class, wait. You're a classist is I what have you a are. Reason. No, 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 no. I have a reason. Okay. Because the information on the ride yeah. actually calls them undesirables. <laughs> Seriously? <laughs> yes. The guys in the prisons are undesirables. Oh. That's what the, the information huh. on the ride has. So that's why I called them undesirables. Politically not correct, I guess, these days. Undesirables. <laughs> well, that was back in the 60s. I mean... <laughs> That's awesome. I hope that never changes. Please, you political correct people out there, don't change that. Let's leave them undesirables. That's- so, yeah. As one of the undesirables is running out the hole in the wall, uh-huh. he says, my sympathies, friend. You've no manner of luck at all. And poor Jack. He looks all sad about the situation because he's looking out his little tiny hole and he's all sad. That the hole wasn't bigger for him to get out. Well, wouldn't you be? Oh, yeah. Yeah. You'd be like, man, that is bad luck. Yeah. So as I mentioned, I did track down the prisoners' names. The undesirables' names. Yeah, the undesirables' names, which is pretty cool. I don't know if I can top that now that I know what the (laughs) names are on the ride. So They should have just used that, but they didn't. It's probably of more interest than their actual acting resumes, the real prisoners' names. So I have both. It's nothing more applicable to us in terms of, say, pirate or swashbuckling appearances, so I'm not really going to get into those. But Michael Sean Teague... And Ben Wilson have a number of acting credits while Antonio Valentino and Mike Babcock, you know, didn't really do much in the way of films after Pirates of the Caribbean. They maybe have one. It's either their only credit, film credit, or maybe had another one. And so those are their real names, but they're actually credited as seedy looking prisoner number one. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah. So seedy versus undesirable. So they have changed it up. They, they have reduced the strength or harshness of that. But seedy looking prisoner number one is the one that we get all the lines from okay. in this thing. And to differentiate that. So, I mean, that's why he has a kind of his name has a bit more of a description to it. And to think more about that, I can actually just see him out on an interview. And it's like, oh, so you were in Pirates of the Caribbean as a seedy prisoner? No, 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 no. I was a seedy looking prisoner. <laughs> because the other three pirates are seedy prisoner number two, seedy prisoner number three, and seedy prisoner number so four. So he was just seedy looking, not actually seedy. That's right. So he gets the line. So he gets an extra description in there, which I thought was pretty cool. So yeah, he definitely awesome. want to differentiate that. Yes. You know, or have an error on there. He goes, no, no, that's actually seedy looking. And he'd <laughs> handwrite it in for him. But more importantly, we get an important and continually like developing plot point, I think, with Jack here. Besides our seedy prisoners that are escaping and the fact, like Heather just said, that they, you know, the prisoners say he has no manner of luck. And we've seen that with his sinking Jolly Mon, which is that boat that he came to Port Royal in. Rescuing Elizabeth and getting captured and not being able to get out of the cell like the other prisoners. He does have this manner of luck that propels him forward. So we see that he doesn't necessarily have some luck, but he does have some luck. It's like dif- it's like different degrees of having luck. And really where I'm going with this as far as like a plot point, or at least, yeah, maybe a plot point, it's just that Jack is incapable of escaping from anything on his own. He always needs the help of others or someone to escape. This is definitely something you should keep an eye out for as we move forward in the movie and see if this indeed works out. 
But just watch, when Jack escapes, he's always needing the help of somebody to make that happen. He doesn't ever escape himself. Like the prisoners, the bomb opens the cell or the the wall and they're able to get out with no one's help but their own. Jack cannot make that happen. He always Mm. needs somebody to help escape. So just watch for it when we see that Jack needs to come forward. Because Gillette... He used... Gillette and Elizabeth to escape. He yes. needed that. He wasn't. It's not like he just dove off the dock. He swan. He did a swan dive off the dock and escaped in the water. He yeah. actually needed them. And he says, once the handcuffs are on, finally. Yeah. He was waiting for. It. He needed that. He right. needed those those pieces that come together. He needed those That's people to do that. Huh. Very interesting. Yeah. So hidden plot point. So we'll there you go. Or kind of hidden plot point or, or something. All of his things are. Like this. Uh-huh. So it's something to keep an eye on. But yeah. that is my my sneakiness of the week, or at least wow. putting that in something to, kind of a theory to, to check it out. Huh. Very interesting. I don't know if you have any more on the prisoners or that cell scene. If you don't, nope. I wanted to mention the hidden Mickey. <laughs> I haven't I was waiting for you also. To, I was waiting for you to say, hey, Mickey, you're so funny. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't. <laughs> So in this, it's in this minute that we have an official hidden Mickey Mouse, or at least the hidden Mickey head. And it's an ode to Disney, obviously. And the canon, so the scene is when the prisoners are escaping from the fort and they're going out the hole in the wall, the cannon on Fort Charles, we pan up to see it. And a plume of smoke billows out and forms a brief, a very brief oh, Mickey yeah. Mouse head. Yeah. So you have the two ears. It's kind of the three circle emblem. Right. The ears and then the head. It's very quick though. You have to you have to know it's there to be able to see it. Yeah, it's pretty. It, it goes by really quick, yeah. and it's not something that. And when I say official, because there's some that you know are maybe out there that people kind of think that are hidden in some animation and stuff. Yeah. But this one is actually identified as being one of those, and even the writers acknowledge that it's there. Yeah. There's been approximately 1,000 hidden Mickey's that have been recorded, and although they have been recorded, the Walt Disney Company itself or Disney has never compiled a complete list of all the known or deliberate Mickeys. And those are ones that were either created by an Imagineer or Disney cast member. So there is no way to confirm or disprove any reported Mickey sightings because they don't really come out and just tell you that they're there. Oh, huh. So that's why you have some that are maybe harder to see than others. They do show up because Disney has never really endorsed any of those, at least not yet that I know of. The Imagineers just throw them in. Yeah. And so here's some information. Actually, hidden Mickeys are slipped into animation cells in many Disney animated classics. They're also hidden in architecture and attractions at Disney parks and resorts and in studio buildings and many other Disney-related features. The first published sighting of a hidden Mickey was made by Arlen Miller, who wrote an article on hidden Mickeys for Walt Disney World's Eyes and Ears, which was a cast member weekly publication in 1989. The article listed hidden Mickeys found in the Disney theme parks. Months later, the author was contacted by Disney News for more information, and the resulting article made the news of hidden Mickeys go worldwide. So that's how it really kind of got out there. The history of the hidden Mickey can be traced back to when the Imagineers were designing Epcot center in the late 1970s and the early 80s the disney company had decided that epcot center would be a more adult theme park so including selling alcohol and that kind of stuff yeah so as alcohol and disney characters were deemed to be inappropriate or improper combination it was decided that none of the disney characters including mickey mouse and minnie mouse would ever be seen at epcot center huh to some of the imagineers working on the center this was taken as a challenge. They started including <laughs> hidden Mickey Mouse profiles into various design elements of the park. As the park began to grow, guest comments led Disney to include the characters in Epcot Center, but tradition was well established by that point. 
So Hidden Mickeys, as well as other Disney characters like Minnie Mouse, have become a staple of all the theme park designs since. And because of the popularity of Hidden Mickeys, Imagineers are encouraged to place them in new construction even to this day. That's awesome. So that's how come you see that this is a proliferation of them in new animations and new movies and things, because they're encouraged to do so. We need to go to Disneyland. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is just to go looking for Mickey's. <laughs> <laughs> Are you talking about grog Mickey's, as in you know a drink or slipping somebody the Mickey? No, actual oh. Mickey Mouse's. Okay, there you go. And I've I've only seen this one hidden Mickey in the Black Pearl or Curse of the Black Pearl. So if you know of any others or have seen any, just let us know. We'd be happy to share those and yeah. check them out. That's all I got on the hidden Mickey's. Did you want to jump in on any of that? No, I I if you know them, you see them, let us know. Let us know. I'd lo- I'd love to check it out. Yeah, that's awesome. And then. Again, I wanted to get back to the slow reveal and plot points that I've been milking because it's a slow reveal and plot point burn that I can't help but get away from. I mean, we can only go as fast as they're giving it to us. So damn those writers, I guess, for for making it a slow thing. (laughs) But there is a slight reference and focus on the moon that's popping out from behind the clouds in this particular scene. So when we see the hidden Mickey, that's when the moon comes out from behind the clouds. And so we're going to have to talk about this in the next few minutes that come up. But I wanted to give a nod that this slow supernatural reveal has a long fuse and has been burning to give us hints of things to come. So something is coming up with the moon. The moon plays an important part of the plot of this movie. Oh, really? There we go. How do you know that already? I do. I have special powers. (laughs) You know, I wouldn't call Hidden Mickey's history... Uh, so I thought I would jump on something here. I saw some hay or straw in Jack's cell. Did you notice that? Oh, uh, yeah, I did, actually. Yeah, so he did have a bench in there, and you can clearly see some straw that's been provided for his comfort. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh, here's your accommodation, yeah. sir, and some straw for your comfort. <laughs> so instead of ending with a hidden Mickey or this slow burn plot reveal with the moon, I wanted to go back to my roots and say, what the hay? Oh, yeah, pun intended. <laughs> I'll mention with the ever-so-popular topic of 18th century prison studies. Wake up! Don't go to sleep yet. Just a brief lesson on 18th century prisons. Yeah. So, yeah, I thought I heard a few people doze off out there. Prison reform in Lancashire, 1700 to 1850, a study in local administration. Boy, that's not a topic that'll keep you up. But it was not uncommon for prisoners to be sleeping on hay, at least... For the poor slobs, anyways. Literally, the poor prisoners. The rich felon, on the other hand, could obtain a fair degree of comfort with extra fees. But those who could not afford those, yeah, they slept on straw. (laughs) Poor Jack. He couldn't afford the fees. He's sleeping on straw. Well, the the only money he's got is what he stole off the Yeah, the harbor master. In, In castles, actually, that usually meant spending the night on the floor of the dungeon and in the well towers. Or in the well towers. So I guess Jack should be counting his blessings that he's not in a dungeon, I guess. And he does get at least a view of the harbor and he can smell the sweet salt air, (laughs) you know, as a pirate. That's what I have for prison. Hey, see, I kept it short. I didn't go on about prisons. That's pretty good, Just a quick thing, you know. We can all be thankful that we're not sleeping on hay in a dungeon. Yeah. Did you have anything else? That's all I have for this minute. Well, on that cheerful note, then, we'll be back tomorrow with Minute 37 (laughs) of The Curse of the Black Pearl on the Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. Now I really need some grog. Oh, we all do. Wander on over to our Facebook page, and heck, while you're there, like I said before, give us a like. Or blackpearlminute.com for additional details on our contest. Remember, it's so simple. You just leave us a review on iTunes, nothing fancy, just short and sweet. Give us, you know, whatever rating you think. But, you know, if you like the show, we definitely want you to give us a five-star rating. 
Just a short, brief, written thing. We love the show. Shoot us an email right after you do it to podcast at blackpearlminute.com and tell us, you know, hey, I submitted a review. Here's a username that'll pop up. And then that way we have an email with a username in case you win and we can contact you. So Me that's thinks it. you should really submit a review. Yeah, so go for it and you get some cool stuff. So visit us on Facebook or blackpearlminute.com and facebook.com slash blackpearlminute. And you can go ahead and enter. It's really easy. So until then, let's keep the horn swoggling to a minimum. Thanks for joining us on Pirates of the Caribbean Minute. If you like the show, then leave us a review on iTunes. We'd appreciate it, matey. You can contact us at podcast at blackpearlminute.com. We just might feature your questions and comments on future episodes. Visit us online at blackpearlminute.com. You can also find us on facebook.com slash pirates of the Caribbean minute, twitter.com slash blackpearlmen, and on soundcloud.com slash pirates of the Caribbean, where we post additional content, have episode discussions, and share our favorite show clips. Now see you next time, scallywags.